Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I have a very special guest on, Krista St. Germain, and I met her through a Facebook group called Moms Go On, and it is a widowed mom support group that has been very beneficial to me. And Krista just launched her podcast a couple months ago, and it has been so... um, empowering to listen to and to hear. So welcome, Krista. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. I think it's amazing. Um, So if you don't mind, I'm going to just dive right in. I'd like you to kind of share a little bit about your story, maybe like how you became a widow, um, a little bit about what happened, and, and then how you've kind of taken that grief and that tragedy and turned into what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. So I became a widow um, August 1st of 2016. And um, I'd actually been married before and then divorced and then remarried. And so this was my second marriage and kind of the man of my dreams. Um, And we were returning from a trip together and I had a flat tire. We had driven separately. I had a flat tire and pulled over to the side of the road and um, he was trying to change my tire. And while he was trying to do that, someone hit us from behind. And later we found out he had meth and alcohol in his system, but he hit the back of Hugo's car and trapped him in between his car and mine. And, you know, 24, actually less than 24 hours later, he was gone. And so it wasn't any, anything I expected. It wasn't anything I had planned for. And I just remember feeling like all of my future happiness had just probably gone away. Like all of my dreams, all of my goals, all of the things that we wanted to do together were just like gone. So I pretty quickly went back to therapy. I had a lovely um, relationship with my therapist who had helped me through my divorce years prior. And so I went back to her and that's what helped me kind of get back on my feet and get back to work. Hugo and I had worked together. So get back to my daily routine, just get back to that place of functioning, right. you know, being able to, to check the boxes and get through the tasks. But I was still in my heart feeling empty, right? I was still, I hadn't figured out yet how to dream again. I hadn't yet figured out what was next. And everybody was telling me in my world that I was doing great and I was so strong and I just was not feeling that way at all. And, um, at the same time as my therapist said, I think you're good. And I was like, I don't think I'm good. You know, I think I'm functioning, but I don't think this is what life is supposed to be. Surely there is more to living than functioning. Um, my, a life coach that I had been following on a podcast called the life coach school podcast with Brooke Castillo. She started a, a group coaching program. And I enrolled myself in it. And holy cow, um, things started changing, right? I started going from functioning, from that baseline of wellness where everyone else says you're doing okay and all the, you know, the, there's no medical diagnosis to experiencing what it was like to, to thrive, right? And so um, in that 
same time period, you just really, you probably went through this too. You start reevaluating what do you want to do with your life? Right. What's really important. You know, when, it, when everything you, you thought was important crumbles, then it's a great opportunity to reevaluate what is important. And it wasn't that I didn't like my job. I actually did like my job and I liked the people I worked with, but I wasn't super passionate about it. And so I decided, okay, I think now is the time to do something else, to do something more in alignment with what I want to create in the world. I, my therapist was telling me I should be a therapist. She was like, come work for me. I'll get you into school. Then you can, you can come work for me and it'll be great. Um, and I think that would have been a, a fine profession to be in, but life coaching was so impactful for me. It was just so transformative that I just decided, no, I have to go to that. I have to pursue that. And so that's what I did. So I certified and um, went, you know, went through a, a training and a, a practicum after that, and then quit my job and became a coach full time. And now I coach widowed moms and help them with the same type of transformation that I experienced. That point where you you have to move through that grief and you want to build something on the other side of it. You want to actually consider the possibility that you could be happy again and figure out how to make that happen. And it's like the best decision I ever made. And it's, I can't even believe sometimes that this is what I actually get paid to do, you know? Um, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, we, we have a lot of similarities in our, in our stories. Uh, I too was divorced and mm-hmm. met the man of my dreams and was about to get married. And so a lot of similarities. And then also looking at my life, although I was functioning um, and, and, the world around me was saying I'm strong and I'm good, but mm-hmm. not feeling it inside. So uh, a lot yeah. of similarities there. So thank you so much for sharing that. So what made you start the Facebook page that you, that you now have that where I found you? Yeah. Well, I just, I remember when I was going through my own loss, I remember looking for a place online that I could feel understood and I couldn't find it. Because what I found seemed to be geared towards um, older women. Okay. Um, Or the other thing that I found was a lot of what to me was just really depressing. And I was looking for someone to say, I've been there and it will get better. I've been there and this is not the end. Like, you know, to relate to me, not try to minimize my feelings, but help show me that it actually could get better. And I just couldn't find it. So I just decided to create it. So mom goes on, was born and it's now, you know, I don't know, it's over 2000 members who are, I think all very supportive of each other and loving. And it's, it's not that people don't complain there because we're all entitled to whine if we want to, you know, but we just, we don't stay there. We just keep moving. And, and how have you supported that group? Um, can you give me some examples of what you've done with that group? Well, yeah. So in that group, I just try to keep people focused on the, you know, the direction that they want to head, right? So I, I, it's not really high touch. I think there's such benefit in just being able to support one another to be able, first of all, to tell your story right? Enough times that you you kind of make peace with it. Then I think there's such benefit in being able to uplift others. Um, So when you're not having, you know, a down moment, you can kind of help uplift others. And then as far as the group goes, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a free Facebook group. So um, 
I do daily prompts that get people to think about things a little bit differently or celebrate their victories. Or, you know, we have one day on Wednesdays where we, we whine, you know, um, and, and that's, it kind of lays the foundation too, for the type of work that I do when I'm actually coaching one-on-one with my clients, right. Which is all about how is it that we're choosing to see the world, to see what has happened to us, how is it that we're creating on purpose what we want in the future? Because a lot of us, um, you know, we're not taught that. We don't know how to figure out what's going on inside of our minds and leverage that and make sure our mental health is, is you know, functioning at the level that it can so that we can live the life we want. Um, I, I love what you shared on a recent podcast of yours, which was lessons that you had learned since Mm -hmm. your husband had passed away. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you talk about was post-traumatic growth. I myself had never even heard of post-traumatic growth until I went to a John Maxwell conference back in March where I sat at the table with a counselor who was certified in post-traumatic growth. And when I talked to her and then I came home and did some research on it, I found out, I mean, that's kind of where the, the, my path had been leading anyway, but mm-hmm. just reading more about it kind of solidified, this is what I want to, I want to do with my grief and with my, where I am in my life. Yeah. And so can you just kind of share a little bit more about post-traumatic growth and, and how it impacts you as a person yourself and then how you use it to, to help with your clients. Yeah, for sure. So I, I was exactly like you where I remember the, the first time I heard the term post-traumatic growth, it was kind of like a record scratched. You know? It's kind of like, what? <laughs> because ever, I, well, not everyone, but so many of us are familiar with this idea of post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so I think as a culture, most often we think that the ideal response to trauma is just a return to, to a minimum wellness baseline, right? Like we just think the goal after a trauma is just to get back to functioning. And post-traumatic growth is this idea that it's, it's been around since the mid nineties now as a, you know, a field, if you will, but it's this idea that not only can we bounce back to this minimum baseline of wellness, can we bounce back to functioning, but that we can actually take the trauma and use it as a springboard to bounce forward. So it's not, yeah, it's not that we do it in spite of the trauma, right? It's that we grow because of the trauma. Right. And so that was like, you know, my head exploded a little bit and I had to read all the books (laughs) to learn about it. Yeah. But that, but that's it. Right. Because it's just like how I changed my career, right? The trauma was the opportunity for me to reevaluate what was important to me. The growth was my decision to lean into that right? To really do the work of reevaluating what is important to me and reprioritize and rebuild my life, right? You experience a trauma, the building crashes. It all falls into right. pieces. Right. And then you get to decide, okay, if I'm going to rebuild, I can rebuild something like what I had, or I can rebuild something, you know, better and different and more aligned with, with who I am now and who I want to be as a result of what happened. 
I love that because again, for me, that's kind of where my growth has come from. And it's not to say that we still don't have grief and we still don't have days where it affects us, but I choose, I choose. And as you do every day to move forward and look at what am I going to do today? How am I going to live today? And how am I going to impact other people today? Yes. Yeah. And it is a conscious choice. And you asked me how I use it. That's exactly how I use it with, with my clients and the coaching that I do is helping them see, because you see it, right? You see your ability to choose. Right. And, and many people don't, or they see it in some areas, but not in others because they, they misinterpret what is the fact of life from what they're making it mean. And they don't realize their ability to choose what right. they want to make something mean. And like, you're out there and you're saying, no, th- you know, I'm going to make something of this. I'm going to take my life in the direction I want it to go. And then you align, you know, your thoughts and your feelings with that desired outcome. It's a skill. It really is. Um, one of the other things that you, you talk about, which you kind of just touched on was your mindset and your thoughts and your feelings and your actions and your behavior. And so can yeah. you kind of just touch a little bit on that? Like, some of the things that you might do for yourself or some of the things you might take your clients through to help change that mindset, because it's, it's so important to, you know, we, we get stuck in this perpetual, you know, hamster wheel of this is the way it is. This is the way I am. This is the way I've thought. And it's really hard to replace those thoughts with something different. So can you kind of hundred percent? Yeah. So what I teach, is that there are, you know, there are the circumstances of life. There are the things that happen to us, right? My husband died. Your fiance died. Those things happen. There's nothing we can do about them, but, but it is true that they have happened. But our emotional experience isn't created so much by what happens to us as it is by how we respond to it, how we think about it, right? And so how we think is actually what determines how we feel. And how we feel is so important, the emotions that we feel, because as humans, we do all things, we're fueled to action or inaction by emotion. So we have to understand how we think, so we understand why we feel what we feel, because that's what drives us to do what we do, and what we do is what gives us the results, right? And it's all a cycle, it's all a cycle. But the most challenging part of it, I find, is that it's very difficult. You ever heard the saying that um, you can't read the label from inside the jar? Yes. This is, this is what people, we, we struggle with, right? We're inside the jar. We're living our lives. We're thinking our thoughts. And we can't read the label outside of our own jar. And so sometimes it takes that outside perspective for someone to come, come to you and say, hey, do you know that what's going on in your mind is actually optional. If you don't like what you're creating, you don't have to keep creating the same thing, but first you have to understand what's creating it, the root cause, right? Which is always going to be the thoughts or beliefs that we have. Who knows where we picked up half of the thoughts or beliefs that we have, right? We have no idea, but the human brain is so good about just, thinking thoughts and finding evidence for the thoughts that we think that we don't even know that they're thoughts. So I help my clients see their thoughts, see their beliefs, 
and then put them under a microscope. Use a tool to evaluate, does, does this way of thinking serve what I hope to create? And if not, I can put that thought down and I can pick up another one, right? And we can kind of re redesign our, our thought patterns, our beliefs, all of that is, is negotiable. But it's very difficult to do by yourself, which is why I have my own coach. Right. right. And I too have my own yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I love that you said in one of your podcasts was question your own thoughts. So we always are quick to question other people, but mm. um, are we questioning our own thoughts? And so right. I love that you said that, you know, question your own thoughts. Um, one of the other things, Krista, that I wanted to kind of touch on because you know, your group is mom goes on. So mm -hmm. many of these women, uh, in fact, probably all of them have children at various different ages. Mm -hmm. And one mm -hmm. of the things that you said is it's not your job to shelter your children from pain. And yes. I think I do that all the time. I know you said that that was a hard one for you. So can you kind of touch a little bit on that one and how, how you help yourself and your clients get through that? Yes. It's so interesting that you would bring that up because I'm actually about to do a podcast episode on, on that exact thing, right? We think that our job is to make our children feel better, right? To help them get out of pain. Right. That's not our job. Like our only job really is to love our children. And the issues with, with that are, there's a few of them, right? One is that unless you are a wizard, which I am not, <laughs> right. I don't think you are. Unless you are a wizard, you have no ability to make your children feel differently than they feel because the way that they feel is determined by the way that they think. And so unless you are a wizard and can, and have mind ninja skills, you cannot change the way your children think. Therefore you have no way of changing how they feel. And anytime we think that we can do that for another human, we're, we're just wrong. We've right. just got it wrong. And we just haven't been taught this as a culture. We've been taught that, you know, we can make people feel things and we just can't. Thoughts come from feelings or feelings come from thoughts. The other thing is that we presuppose that one feeling is good and another is bad. And I think we're wrong about that too. Right? Right. I think feelings are just feelings and the whole spectrum of emotion is necessary for the human experience to be what it is. We have to have this whole range in order to have context. And so really we think a feeling is negative and we use that term to describe it, but it's really just part of the human experience. We also seem to think that we have an idea of what's best for our children, right? Like what their life experience should be. And when their life experience is different than what we think it should be, then we create some suffering. And the same thing for ourselves, right? We think we know what our lives should be. Like I thought my husband should still be alive. If I clung to that thought, I would be in trouble because he's not right. alive, right? right? And the only way for me to feel better would be to go back and change time and change the accent. And I don't have the ability to do that. So how do we know our children are supposed to be feeling what they feel? Because they're feeling it, right? So I think when we can... When we can figure out that negative emotion is not a big deal, 
It's just a vibration in your body caused by a thought. When we can learn the skill of allowing an emotion to be there without making it mean that something has gone wrong or that there's something wrong with us, and when we can model that experience for our children, when we don't minimize or dismiss or try to change their emotions, but we instead walk with them as they experience their emotions and show them that leadership of what that looks like, that is the most loving thing that we can do for them as opposed to trying to make them feel better or change their experience or you know, any of that stuff that's just really mis- misguided, well-intentioned, but so misguided. Um, and I know for me, it's been such a hard thing to do is, is just to love them and not shelter them from the pain. You know, I, I was divorced and so, you know, them going through the divorce and then meeting my fiance and, you know, we bought a house and we lived together and, you know, they of course loved him. And so, mm-hmm. you know, trying to shelter them again from more pain. And yeah. it, it was a, a hard, a hard knock on reality to finally figure out, I, I can't do that. That is not my job. And I need to be there to love them and, yeah. and support them. Yeah. And this, this hurts and that's okay. Yeah. Right. This hurts and we're going to get through it. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the other things that you talked about a little bit is, um, you don't need to know how to change your belief. You just need to do it. So can you kind of expand a little bit about that? You don't need to know what it's going to look like, but Mm -hmm. you need to start acting and behaving like it's already there. Yeah. I think so many times we get caught up in the how, like we, we give up on a dream because we don't know exactly how to create it. We don't know the tangible steps that we need to take. And so we don't pursue it or we give up. And if we can just release our attachment to knowing the actual how, and instead turn our focus to the belief that it's possible, right? It's like, I don't know how, but I believe that it's possible. I believe I'll get there. And we just start doing things. Then we learn the how it is revealed to us as we go, right? Through the process of figuring out what doesn't work. And then we figure out what does work. And it's just not realistic. If, if you're going to set, you know, big goals and you want to do things that are important to you and you don't know how, it's okay. Who does, right? Most of us have no idea how something is going to happen. It's okay. You just need to start living into the belief and, the, and creating the emotional state that fuels the action taking, which eventually will get you there, right? Will get you to the how. One of the things that I have said is it's not the life that I was chosen, that I chose, but it's the life that I was given. And so Mm -hmm. all I can do is lean in and accept Mm -hmm. it and live it. And so, you know, my kind of mantra this year has been, I want to live my life. I'm here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you kind of feel that way yourself. Um, I'm embracing my fears and I truly just want to live my life because as you know, and as I know, life is so short and we know that we're not promised tomorrow. So yeah. I, I just, I, I want to live it. And if, if we're stuck in that grief, we're not living. 
Right. Yeah. And, and I think too, sometimes we get this idea that grief goes away, right? Like it's, there's going to be some greener pasture that we, that we reach. And then all of a sudden everything is, you know, kumbaya. And, and that's just not the way it is. Right. But we can take that with us. We can walk through it and with it and still create and still experience and still, you know, um, author what it is that we want to get from life while we've got whatever it is that we're grieving, you know, right there with us. It's totally fine. Um, One of the things that I read recently or saw recently online was um, grief is like a ball, like a rubber ball inside a box. And I don't know, maybe you've seen or heard this as well. And there's a pain button inside that box. And so the ball is bouncing around inside that box. And sometimes it's stuck on the pain button. And then sometimes it doesn't hit the pain button. And sometimes every day it hits the pain button. Sometimes it's every week, every month, but it just kind of, the ball is just bouncing around, you know, hitting the pain button at certain times. Mm. And and that kind of describes grief because you never know when it's going to come on. You know, it's just so... Yeah, I've never heard that particular um, analogy, but I like it. And I, I also noticed that I kind of imagined, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm just kind of a fairly goal-oriented person, but I kind of imagined that that grief would be linear, right? right? That there would be this point A to point Z, and it would be some sort of straight progression, or maybe it had some ups and downs to it, but but really, you know, you follow the steps, you get to where you want to be. And, um, and I just kind of realize pretty quickly in that that's not at all how it works. It's more like one giant knotted crazy line. And it's so much less miserable when you can just relax into that and stop judging it. Right. And and stop judging yourself for having those feelings. Yes. And stop making every little feeling mean that you're not doing it right or you're headed in the wrong direction or there's something wrong with you or, you know, just all that judgment. You can just be like, yeah, this is grief and it's kind of crazy sometimes and it's a little bit unpredictable, but that's okay. Like it's, I, I can make friends with it even in its unpredictability. Well, and as you know, um, it, it's different for every person and, and you know, every person has a different experience and, yeah, you know, so, you know, just taking your experience and just sharing it. I love what you, what you do is you take your experience, you take how you've grown, you share it, um, yeah. you coach other women so that they could grow as well. Um, I, I just, I love your passion and, and what you've done. Um, okay. I want to acknowledge you for a couple of things. First of all, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this interview. Second of all, I want to thank you. I I really just want to acknowledge you for where you are in your life, given your circumstances and, and how you have come to where you are and how you empower and encourage other women, um, because of your experience. Thank you so much. I always tell my clients though, never give the credit to someone else right? When you, when you make a decision and you head in the direction of your dreams, even if you had someone helping you along the way, it was still you that made the decision. It's like you starting this podcast, right? You, you are the one that did the work and you probably had some coaches and teaches teachers and mentors. They're helping you and supporting you, but they don't get the credit for that, right? You do. Right. Ultimately in the end. Yeah. 
Yeah. How can we support you? Where can we find you? How can we follow you? Well, my latest and greatest is, is my own podcast, right? Which right. just launched a couple of months ago called the Widowed Mom Podcast. And so, and I think it's, of course, it's, I'm speaking to, um, you know, women who are widows, who are mothers, because that's my experience. But the feedback I have gotten is, hey, why are you calling this the Widowed Mom Podcast? It seems to be, you know, universally helpful for anybody who's grieving. So um, for sure, you know, people can find the podcast, the Widowed Mom Podcast on any podcast app. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Facebook as Coaching with Krista, and it's K-R-I-S-T-A, and Instagram as Life Coach Krista. So they can connect with me in either one of those places. And then, of course, if, you're, if you are a widowed mom, you know, they can come to Mom Goes On and just request access to that free Facebook group. We try and try and screen out people who are not widows and are not moms. Um, <laughs> so you have to answer a couple of questions before we let you in. But Okay. And, yeah. and I will say as a listener to your podcast, um, yes, it is for widowed moms, but I think it could just be for grief in general. I mean, yeah. you even have to really per- pertain to like grief of a loss of a loved one. It could be um, grief from, from anything. Yes, that is such a good point that I'm glad you're making that we, yeah, we, we tend to think of grief as associated with death, but really it can be any loss. The natural response to any loss is grief. So, well, um, thank you so much for joining me. I will make sure to link all of your contact information in the show notes and I appreciate your time. You bet. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Lisa. Thanks again for joining me today. I can be found at recognizeyourtruth.com. I do offer a complimentary one-on-one discovery session for individual coaching, as well as a new product that is going to launch in October. It's a new course called Selling on Social, where I walk you through building your brand and selling your products on social media. And the music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz.